Hi everyone, welcome back to the River Heights Buzz Podcast. We're on episode 75 today. We're your hosts, I'm Alexa. And I'm Candace. Today we are talking about mystery story number 10, Password to Larkspur Lane. <laughs> yep. This was an interesting one. <laughs> yeah, it was. And I feel like there was at least one reference in this book that was in the Secret of the Old Clock game. Kind of. The flower show, the Blenheim. Yeah, Blenheim Nursery. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was one of the places that you could go to when you were driving your car trying to avoid potholes. And losing gas like and crazy. Gas, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that was like the first thing that I thought of when I got to that part. It made me think of Secret of the Old Clock game. I wonder if uh, Nancy ever got stuck in any potholes that just wasn't mentioned. I don't know. Because, <laughs> I mean, that would 100% be me because I don't pay attention, which is bad. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> oh man i don't think there's really any newsworthy things hey candace that we have to no no i mean it's you know middle of march when we're recording this and we're uh, you know just counting down the days until season four of the show <laughs> pretty much <laughs> so yeah <laughs> but other than that no i don't think we have any news yeah if anyone listeners you see anything nancy drew worthy let us know Oh, since we're recording this in the middle of March, there are Nancy Drew figurines, I think, coming out some point. You didn't know that? No. <laughs> Jeez. I was literally about to grab my phone again, but I turned it off. Where did you see, <laughs> where did you see that at? Instagram. Nancy Drew action figures are soon to be launched on Kickstarter. These are going to be officially licensed through Simon & Schuster. And the president of the Nancy Drew sleuths, Jennifer Fisher, actually consulted on these action figures. She helped them to get everything just right. Her clothes, her accessories, her hair, all of the details that make Nancy, Nancy. So far, they have showed us glimpses of the Nancy Drew and the Secret of the Old Clock action figure, as well as Nancy Drew and the Crooked Bannister action figure. You can search Nancy Drew on kickstarter.com and sign up for updates on these action figures. That way you know exactly when they're gonna come out. Jennifer Fisher has also shared updates on her Instagram and her handle is Nancy Drew Expert. I can't believe you didn't see that. No, I didn't. Can you send it to me on Facebook? Because oh, if that man. really is a thing that's coming out, I want one. <laughs> if I find it, then I will send it to you. Okay, because now I'm intrigued. As we said, we're going to be diving into book number 10, Password to Larkspur Lane. So usually I read the description off of Goodreads, and sometimes I'll read it from the actual book. From Goodreads, all it says, A carrier pigeon furnishes Nancy with a clue to a mysterious retreat. That's it. That's it? <laughs> yeah, that's all I'm reading on Goodreads. But I'm going to be reading the description from the actual book now. Okay. <laughs> it's longer. Blue bells will be singing horses. This strange message attached to the leg of a wounded homing pigeon involves Nancy Drew in a dangerous mission. Somewhere, an elderly woman is being held prisoner in a mansion. Nancy is determined to find and free Mrs. Eldridge. While working on the case, the young detective's close friend, Helen Archer, begs her to solve a weird mystery. Helen's grandparents, the Cornings, are frightened by a sinister wheel of blue fire that appears after dark in the woods outside their home at lowly Sylvan Lake. When Nancy discovers the significance of the eerie signal, she also learns that her two mysteries are connected. How the clever young detective fathoms the meaning of the strange message, how she locates the strongholds of a ruthless ring of swindlers, and how she rescues the gang's victims makes absorbing and exciting reading. It was first published on January 1st, 1933. I was making that face the whole time while you were reading because I googled something and I'll get to it when I get to that part of the book. This book was released on October 6, 1933 and was written by Walter Carrig. The plot outline was done by Harriet Adams and the editing was also done by Harriet Adams. The original text version, of course, consists of 25 chapters and 220 pages and was revised in 1965, consisting of 20 chapters and 175 pages. The 1938 movie, Nancy Drew Detective, was based on this book, and the current Nancy Drew TV show had an episode entitled The Lady of Larkspur Lane. 
In this episode, Nancy, George, and Ned go to an insane asylum that is called Larkspur Lane. So it's a nice little nod to this book. There's not that many differences between the revised text version and the original text version of this book, but the biggest difference is that the revised text version added the subplot of the villains trying to get Morgan to steal the crystals from the Cornings. That wasn't in the original text version at all. Also in the original text version, Helen Corning had a much bigger role in the book. Unfortunately for her, in the revised text version, Bess and George took over most of her parts. For example, in the revised text version, Nancy dresses up as an elderly lady, while Bess dresses up as a nurse to help get Nancy into the sanatorium. However, in the original text version, Helen is the one dressed up as a nurse, as Bess and George aren't even in the book. Also in the revised text version, Helen is newly married, while in the original text version, she's not even engaged. Just for reference, as you're listening to this episode, both Candace and Alexa read the revised text version. Anyways, that is just some information on the password to Larkspur Lane. So the book opens with Nancy and Hannah looking for flowers for a local flower show for Nancy to enter into the contest. When all of a sudden a homing pigeon falls out of the sky, there's also an airplane in the sky that looks like it's going to crash, but then it like recovers and doesn't crash. Very strange. So Nancy goes to to check the pigeon and uh, it had a note attached to its leg that says... Trouble here after five o'clock. Bluebells will be singing horses come tonight. Whatever that means. <laughs> Whatever that means. To which then Nancy starts talking about something that I didn't think was a thing. But I should have known better. The International Federation of American Homing Pigeon Fanciers. <laughs> so that's literally what I just Googled. And they have a website. It is a thing. And has been a thing since 1881. Wow. Yeah. They have conventions. They have bird races. <laughs> like this is a this is a real thing. I'm on the website. If you all are interested, listeners, this appears to be a very safe website, but still use your judgment. Um, the website is ifpigeon.com. So that's ifpigeon.com. It's got news. It's got events. There's apparently a store, I guess, where you can get merchandise. Um, <laughs> I didn't think this was a thing. Do they, um, <laughs> when you're on the website, all I could think of was Fatima from <laughs> Last Train. And I'm like, with the big, you know, the big mascot head. Do they sell pigeon mascot heads? <laughs> that would be hilarious if they did. Uh, they have a database on this website. I mean, this, this is... <laughs> I guess I need to start looking up stuff in real time more often because of my reaction, but I'm just flabbergasted right now. Like, I can't believe this is actually a thing. Like, this is 2023. I'm not saying that, you know, stuff from the past can't be a hobby today, but it's like, I didn't think that there were people out here that were using pigeons to send messages still, you know, just for kicks and giggles, but... I only, like, the last time I saw that was in a movie, in one of the John Wick movies, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, I I don't really watch that kind of stuff, but, like, as I'm flipping through the channels, you know, like, I'll watch a little bit of a movie that I haven't seen. So that was kind of what happened. I saw that portion of the John Wick movie. I don't remember which one, because there's four of them. Yeah. I think the fourth one is coming out at some point this year. Anywho, yeah, the pigeons are part of one of the movies. The yeah. One of those three. So it just blows my mind that this is apparently still a thing and uh, popular enough that they have a website and a yearly conference. (laughs) I wonder if at the conferences, they just let the pigeons roam around in the air. uh, Yeah, I'd be interested to go just to see what's up. Mm -hmm. Hey, pigeon, how's it going? Hey, pigeon, (laughs) what's going on? Like, I just, I think that's so interesting. You know, it's something that's so, like, random. Yeah. Like, like you said, like, I don't know anybody that deals with pigeons in real life. Like, <laughs> it's so strange. But, hey, if you're into it, you know, good for you. Do your thing. <laughs> so, anyways, the way that the moral of how this all came up was that after finding this homing pigeon that fell out of the sky, Nancy decides that she's going to contact this International Federation of American homing pigeon fanciers so that she can try to figure out 
where this pigeon came from because apparently all homing pigeons are registered so that they can be traced, which I mean, that makes sense if you're sending a message, you know, with a bird, like it would make sense that you would want some way to track that bird. So Nancy sent a telegraph and um, then she got ready to go to the flower show and there was mention of someone hitting and denting her car prior to this story starting. So I wondered if maybe that's in book number nine and that's this is just like a continuation because, you know, one of the good things about the Nancy Drew books is that you can read them out of order and it really doesn't matter because they're all separate stories. It's not like they build upon each other, you know, but it just made me curious if there's a story before this book number 10 that talks about why Nancy's car is dented. But anyways, Nancy gets to Blenheim Estate and there's a woman that's there that's admiring her flowers. And um, she mentions something about bluebell flowers and it makes Nancy think of the note that she found on the pigeon's leg. And then shortly after that, Nancy leaves and heads home on a side road going home. And she sees an older car in the side of the road covered in mud. And some of the license plate numbers match the bird, which makes Nancy think about all of that together. As Nancy's driving along, she's passed by one of the local doctors that she knows, and he stops behind the old car and then is quickly like pulled into the back seat of the car and the car takes off. That's not sketchy at all. That's weird. So Nancy's thinking, oh my God, was that meant to happen? Was he kidnapped? Like what's going on? So Nancy goes home and by the time she gets home, there's a telegram waiting for her from that pigeon association saying that the bird was not registered and that a representative was going to contact Nancy because they suspect trouble and they want to keep it a secret that she found this bird. So already it's like, what what was happening? Why would you want that to be hidden? Yeah, it's it's a bird that, I mean, yeah, it was carrying a message, but yeah, something's going on. Mm -hmm. Hannah was getting dinner together when she fell and hurt her back in the cellar. So Nancy helped get her up and took her to the doctor's office or, well, his house. The doctor that she saw earlier possibly get kidnapped, but he wasn't back from wherever he went yet. And then as Nancy's sitting there in his home office waiting for him, his phone rings and whoever's on the other line tells Nancy to take down a message that said, um, if you say blue bells, you will get into trouble for they are no longer used here. Okay, so we're like, what, 15 pages in at this point and there's already all these messages that make absolutely no sense. Uh Shortly after that, The doctor comes in and says that he's fine. Everything's okay. He checks Hannah out and says that she sprained her back. Nancy then helps Hannah to the car and comes back inside to talk to the doctor. And he tells Nancy that he needs her help with a mystery. So, of course, this piques her interest. I've got a question. Yeah. How does the doctor's name is Dr. Spire. Mm -hmm. How does he know that Hannah will be Fine as a fiddle in 10 days. Yeah, see, I don't know. I feel like, though, on TV shows and movies that I've seen that take place, like, during this kind of time period in history, you know, when doctors were still making, like, house calls and stuff, they were all saying stuff like that. Yeah. Like, you'll be fine. Oh, you twisted an ankle. You'll be fine in seven days. You know, it's no big deal. I feel like that's not how that works, but okay. <laughs> and, like, how is Hannah supposed to get up to use the bathroom? Yeah, because I don't know about you, but I've had, I've never sprained my back, but I've had intense lower back pain that caused, like, muscle spasms. And I feel like I can't support my body. So I don't know how, with a sprained back, you're going to get up and down and, you know, you, like you said, go to the bathroom or shower yourself, how you do anything. Yeah let alone spring back that in that short amount of time and be okay again. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Dr. Spire asks Nancy if she and her father can come back later that evening so that they can discuss whatever mystery he has going on. And so, of course, you know, Nancy's all for it. Later that evening, Nancy and Carson go back over to his house to talk to him, and they learn that he was pulled into that car after getting a call that a patient of his that he had had for a while had been in some kind of an accident and needed help. So he was headed that way. 
he gets taken into the car, a hood gets placed over his head, and he's then whisked away to like this hospital room with this random patient with a dislocated shoulder and had to help her. Yeah. Very weird. Sounds like a horror movie. <laughs> and she gives him this bracelet that has like a coat of arms on it. Which immediately made me think of Curse of Blackmore Manor. But anyways, like I said, <laughs> games are always on my brain. So when he finished with this random lady, the hood was placed back onto his head and he was taken back in the car and taken back to where his vehicle was. So as he's telling this story, he then got an emergency phone call from the hospital and he had to go. But he asked um, Carson and Nancy to tell the police about what happened. So, of course, they did. And so Nancy dropped Carson off and was looking for a parking spot. And when she found one and got out of her car, there was a man that grabbed her by the arm when she got out of the car. Again, nightmare fuel. And he basically had a threat for Carson and said that Carson needed to mind his own business or he'll be in for a shock. That's scary. It's very scary because also I take things very literally. So I'm sitting there thinking, okay, is he in for a surprise or is he in for like the final scene when the gate was electrified, like an actual shock? Because I feel like in Nancy's world, anything's possible. Uh-huh. Anyways, Nancy finally gets away and she's very careful to not say that she's a, a Drew, essentially, but that gets ruined when she sees two people that she knows who call her by her name and... Obviously, the man hears it, um, so he knows that who he was talking to is Nancy. But anyways, she gets to the police and to her dad. She tells them what happened, and she shows the bracelet that Dr. Spire had gotten from the woman. And then Carson and Nancy finish at the police station and start heading for home when they realize that they're being followed again by that same car from earlier that has, like, a dim headlight. So Carson is you know, watching the driver because Nancy's actually driving. And then he recognizes the driver as a former attorney who's now disbarred and is an escaped convict named Adam Thorne, who Carson had essentially built a case against when he got in trouble for embezzlement. I've got a bit of a joke. Okay, I'm ready. Thorne, Adam Thorne, mm-hmm. is going to be a thorn in their side this whole book. Yeah, you're right. right so they finally are able to get rid of him and um after you know nancy turns around and kind of makes the chase about him instead of him chasing them so he gets scared off and they're able to to get rid of him and they head home and the next day hannah says that her niece effie is going to come and take care of things around the house while hannah recovers so nancy decides to go to a jewelry shop that she knows the owner of and talk to the owner and ask him to look at this bracelet that the doctor gave her. When she realizes that there's a woman that's wearing like a pink butterfly dress that's watching her. I've called her the butterfly lady the whole book. Yeah. And so Nancy sees this and she asks the jewelry shop owner if they can go in the back room because, you know, it's pretty obvious that that woman is watching Nancy and paying attention to what she has and what she's doing. They go in the back and he at first wanted to keep the bracelet, but Nancy's like, no, I don't want you to do that. So he makes a copy of the coat of arms that's on the bracelet and he says that he's going to talk to someone he knows who's an expert in coats of arms. And I'm just like, I feel like that's a really like niche specific area like of history that I'm an expert in the coat of arms. Like who's an expert in coat of arms? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Anyways, I guess there's an expert for everything. Nancy finishes there at the jewelry shop and then she's heading out to her car when she realizes that someone knocks into her and it just so happens to be that woman wearing the pink butterfly dress. And then she realizes that her arm feels light. The woman took her purse. And she the, she slashed the one part of the strap of the purse. That's how she got it in the first place. Yeah. Which, that's a thing. I mean, I've heard of people that do that. That's how they do it, is they cut the strap. Yeah. So not only is your purse stolen, but now it's ruined. Yeah. Whatever. Need new purse. Exactly. Which, that's so stupid. The woman runs off with her purse, takes off with it. And so, of course, Nancy runs after her. But the woman then, like, turns around and, like, knocks her off the curb. What? <laughs> so, 
poor Nancy. People on the street, thankfully, help her up and make sure that she doesn't actually fall and get hurt. And so Nancy realizes that this woman ran into a department store. And so Nancy runs into the store, too. And she ends up finding the woman hiding in a dressing room, holding the bracelet that was in the purse. And Nancy then grabs the woman by the arm and the woman tries to get away. So she drops the bag and she drops the bracelet and she does take off. And so Nancy tries to get her to stop, but she gets away. And then Nancy sees uh, Helen Archer, formerly Helen Corning, and says that um, she has another mystery for Nancy that concerns her grandparents and that she wants Nancy to help with it. So Nancy's like, you know, that's fine. I'm in the middle of working on another mystery, but I will do what I can to help you and your grandparents. So she makes plans to later on go to Helen's apartment and then head over to the grandparents' house. So shortly after that, Nancy arrives home and uh, pretty soon after that, the representative from the Pigeon Association comes over to take a look at the bird. He mentions that there was was another unregistered pigeon that had been found near there, but when it was found, it was dead. And he at first wanted to take the pigeon from Nancy, but she insisted on keeping it so that she could nurse it back to health and eventually see where its home base is. But she tried to make it, you know, not suspicious that she just tried to make it seem like she wanted to nurse the bird back to health so it could, you know, be on its way. Later on, Nancy and Effie eat dinner with Hannah, and then the doorbell rings, and Nancy thought that Carson must have forgotten his key since he was working late. But just as she was about to open the door, she got that sinking feeling in her stomach. And let me tell you, wise words with Candace, when you have a gut feeling like that, more often than not, your gut feeling is right. So pay attention to that. And that was Wisdom with Candace. So at the last minute, she's very careful about opening the door. She opens it like just a crack and asks who's there. And once again, nightmare fuel. All she hears is heavy breathing on the other side of the door and the light won't work. Oh my gosh. Like literally a horror movie. No, thank you. You know, Nancy asks who it is course the man's not going to tell who he is but essentially just gives another threat that Carson needs to mind his own business but then at the last second Carson pulls in to the driveway and the man takes off Nancy thinks that it might have been Adam Thorne but she's not 100% sure since the light wasn't working and then she asks Carson to after she tells him what happened she asks him to take her to the flower show so that she can see the results of the contest. And she gets there and finds out that she actually won first place in the contest in her division. So, like, this whole thing doesn't make sense to me. So, when Nancy opens a door, the light isn't working outside. Mm -hmm. It seems like it's later in the day, close mm -hmm. to, like, evening. But they still make it seem like it's early enough that they can go to the flower show? Yeah, that does seem kind of weird because um, we also don't really have the context of like the time of year. I'm assuming it's springtime with like the flowers blooming and stuff. Which that makes sense, but that means that it's light later. So yeah, I see, I see what you mean. <laughs> and it's kind of weird. But then I was thinking, well, maybe they don't have streetlights in her neighborhood. Then I'm like, were streetlights even a thing? I assume so. Some kind of, whether it be a gas light or or something. I don't know. I assume that they existed. Yeah. I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> and very rarely do you see Carson get really mad. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Doesn't happen very often. Like I said, she won first place in her division, but then all of a sudden this great Dane comes up and like jumps and knocks the flowers over and looked like it was going to attack Nancy very strange and she thought that maybe adam was involved with it or someone that was working for him she ends up going home with her ribbon and she tells hannah and effie about winning the ribbon but she leaves out the part about the dog which is probably good because as we all know hannah worries about nancy like nancy was her own child so after she talks to hannah and effie nancy then decides that she's going to try to work on the pigeon's message and she starts looking up the differences between these different types of flowers, which are the delphiniums, the bluebells, and the larkspurs. So here's our little bit of information that we learn in each book. And as she's thinking, she finally comes up with larkspurs possibly being the code word behind singing horses because spurs are, 
involved with horses. And so, I mean, it makes sense. And then Lark, like a bird that sings, singing horses. So I, I see where she got there. So the next day, Nancy drove all over town trying to find these flowers, but she didn't have any luck at all. So she came home and then she had to get ready to go and meet Helen and Jim at their apartment so that they could go and eat with Helen's grandparents. So she gets to their apartment and then they pretty soon thereafter head to the grandparents' house at the lake. They have a lovely dinner. And then it was after dinner that the grandparents tell the group about this blue flame that they see every night for the last two weeks. And then all of a sudden, while they're in the middle of the story, this blue flame appears outside. Nancy and Helen and Jim think that it's a great idea to go out there and try and figure out what it is. This reminds me of Ghost Dogs of Moon Lake. You yeah. Know? You go with, like, the dogs attacking the house, and see, uh-huh. like right after Nancy goes outside to check it out. Uh-huh. So this is, like, seems exactly the same thing. Yeah. But I gotta be honest. If I see your freaking blue flame outside, the last thing I'm gonna want to do is go outside. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you. <laughs> they go outside, and um, Helen and Nancy split up from Jim go different ways to try to like close in on it and Helen twists her ankle. That would be me hundred percent trying to be stealthy and quiet and falling. So poor Helen twists her ankle and she lets out a yell. And then the flame then begins to head towards their direction, which wasn't what I thought was going to happen when I was reading this, but okay. So as the flame is getting closer to them, Helen then screams and then the flame disappears. Of course it does. Very weird. Mm-hmm. So since the flame vanished, they decide to head back to the house and tell the grandparents what happened. And the grandparents have this man that works for them named Morgan. I guess he's like a butler or something like that. I think they refer to him as a houseman, but I I assume he's like a, a helper, kind of like Hannah. Yeah. But whatever. They find out that he's gone and the grandparents said that he had been acting funny since that first night the blue flame showed up. Since Morgan <laughs> is gone... They're kind of nervous to be there overnight by themselves, so they ask for Helen and Jim and Nancy to stay the night, and they do. Next morning, Morgan still hasn't shown up, but they find a note under the door that said he had to take care of something, that he would be gone for a while, and to not tell the police, and that he'd explain what's going on later. So, basically, once again, they say they don't feel comfortable staying there without someone else there, so Helen asks Nancy if she'll stay there with her grandparents, And Nancy essentially says yes, as long as Carson's okay with it. And she decides that she's going to get Bess and George to come too, since they're coming back from a trip to California. Helen and Jim take Nancy back to the apartment so she can get her car and go home. And then she gets home and there's a little neighborhood boy, I assume. He lives in the neighborhood. Comes to Nancy's door and asks about the bird Uh, in the backyard because Effie had apparently moved the bird from inside of the garage where he was staying so that he could get some air and she like poked holes in his box and anyways sounds horrible because I mean you know it just sounds like we're setting it up for disaster here like Effie did not ask Nancy if she could move the box no so why would like I can see what Effie's where Effie's coming from but she still should have asked Nancy what to do with it yeah. Like, yeah. don't just assume, like, this, the bird needs air. I'm going to help him out. Like, no. No. Mm-mm. Nancy tells the little boy to leave the bird alone because he wanted to go see it, but he doesn't listen to her and he opens up the box and the bird jumps out because, of course. And then Effie, bless her heart, tries to reach for the bird on a chair, but she loses her balance. And in losing her balance, she falls, which startles the pigeon, which makes him fly away so nancy and effie jump in the car to try to follow it and then they finally found out where it's staying and they drove up to this like big mansion and a guy with a whip comes out i'm like what is going on i'm so confused at this point Mm -hmm. so nancy quick on her feet thinks (laughs) that she should you know obviously not tell who she really is or ask like real questions So she pretends that she's in the market for buying some birds. This guy is really creepy and like tries to get her to pick out what birds she wants and tries to get her to stay. And while Nancy is pulling into this place, Effie was terrified. So Effie goes and hides in the trunk and 
Nancy finally is able to get away and she gets a couple miles away and she lets Effie out of the trunk and Effie really saves the day because she made a noise that kind of startled the guy and allowed Nancy to get away. So they head back to Nancy's house and then Nancy takes a bouquet of flowers to the next door neighbor because while they were gone, she asked this next door neighbor to bring lunch to Hannah and they did. And so Nancy heads back towards her house when she realizes that there's a black car with two men that are sitting inside of it that are watching the house. And so she gets back up to her door, but Effie had barricaded the door so that the, the men couldn't come in because they apparently had tried to force their way in. Yep. Scary. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Carson comes home and um, the car had taken off because Nancy had noticed it and they realized that they were noticed, but they really only just took the car off down a few houses down from Nancy's. So they were still watching essentially. And then uh, Carson has, you know, the standard dad talk saying, this is really dangerous. Maybe you should be working on this mystery. You know, something is going on. You need to lay low. And so Nancy says, ah, I'll just go to Helen's grandparents. So everything works out. Like I don't even think she even asked Carson, you know, to go. No, really, but it just kind of worked out that he's like, oh, you need to lay low. You should probably go somewhere else. Nancy's That's... seeing an opportunity. He's like, I'll just go hang out with Helen's grandparents. It'll be great. <laughs> so then Carson likes that idea and says that he has a surprise for Nancy. And sadly, that's where I finished. <laughs> Oh boy. So Candace is kind of running in blind for the rest of the book. Yes, I am. So this is all going to be raw reactions, I feel like. Kind of like how when I Googled the pigeon website. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good. I will try to get through the rest of the book. You got this. I, uh, I, I'm not making any promises to go too in-depth as Candace does. I'm going to try. Carson's surprise for Nancy. She got a new car. She got a new car? Yeah. What? So, that's I guess... That's some... exaggeration. That's, <laughs> like, my genuine reaction, because that's awesome. As Nancy was kind of getting her stuff ready, they decided to... So, Nancy filled, a filled in quotes, a bag. Had her car... her old car put out on this front street just Mm -hmm. to make it seem like she's gonna go somewhere like on a trip but her the new car is hidden like back behind the house like nearby so someone from Carson's work I guess is gonna take Nancy's car somewhere and well Carson and Nancy get away through the back of the house so Hannah and Effie they're gonna go to Hannah's sister's place because Nancy's going with the Cornings. Carson's going on a work trip to Chicago. Nancy, Carson, they get all their stuff. They go at the back. As they're going over, like, the hedge, someone ends up spotting them. And so the car from the front of the house I was watching ends up following Nancy and Carson. So they have to get away again. Eventually, Nancy ends up pulling into a driveway and shuts the car off. So that the other car keeps driving. Carson makes a comment to Nancy saying that she used her head that time. And I'm like, Carson, Nancy uses her head all the time. Yeah, I was about to say, do you even know Nancy? (laughs) (laughs) Anywho, Nancy and Carson end up keep going. Nancy ended up hearing from Mr. Stone, the jeweler. He heard back from his friend about the emblem from the bracelet from earlier. And apparently the emblem goes back to Henry IV with a family being in St. Louis, Missouri. Hmm. And so that was interesting. Uh, Nancy decides to take a break. And yet again, like there's kids around. Nancy has to save a kid in regards to water. And it happens to be... And Mary Eldridge, and that just so happens to be, like, the family name from the crest, which is like, of course it is. Of course it is. <laughs> so Nancy saves the girl, and the mom, you know, is, like, very obviously very thankful for Nancy saving her. And so Nancy mentions the bracelet to Mrs. Eldridge and said... And Mrs. Eldridge said it must belong to her husband's Aunt Mary. So Aunt Mary said 
she was going to go to a sanatorium for a long rest and told her family not to look for her. Okay. <laughs> That's weird. Okay. Then Ned, Bert, and Dave surprised Nancy, Bess, and George. Apparently the boys are in some summer camp for a while. And when Nancy... I am have to... I'm looking at my book, guys, because I'm like... <laughs> some of the stuff, I'm like, what? So I, I have, have to remind myself. I have a question for you. Okay. So that woman, did she say a sanatorium or a sanitarium? I'm looking. Because there's a difference. I think we, didn't we talk about this before. Have we? I feel like we did. I feel like we have talked about it before. Oh, okay. Interesting. Because when I, you know, got on the Google and Googled sanitarium versus sanatorium, it says the term sanatorium and sanitarium are interchangeable However, sanitarium is primarily a North American word. The difference between the words is their origin, though it is not much of a difference. The word sanatorium is derived from the late Latin word sanatorius, which means health giving. Okay, interesting. I was just curious because, you know, as our listeners may know, I live in Kentucky and one of our claims to fame um, is a supposedly very haunted place uh, actually in the town that I work in called Waverly Hills Sanatorium, which was um, an old tuberculosis hospital that closed like in the 1960s, I think, or 70s, somewhere around there. But it's now like a haunted attraction that you can go to, um, take tours, stuff like that. Um, So that's why I was interested if she went to a sanitarium or a sanatorium. Yeah. But anyway, so she went for her health is. Yeah. Or health, supposedly. I'm using air quotes because we don't know the full story yet, but we'll get there. (laughs) Then we learn that Aunt Mary ended up having with the necklace that matches the bracelet that she got from because her husband's name is Joe. And he gave it to her 60 years ago. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) The friends ended up going towards the shore. That's when we see the boys come in. Mm-hmm. And Nancy ended up finding little bits of scorched brown wrapping paper on the ground. If you remember from like the blue f- ring of fire thing. Yeah, yeah. I remember when they went out there and looked and they saw some stuff that was scorched, like branches and like leaves or stuff and whatever. Yeah. So Nancy ended up collecting a little bit of it and she was going to see if Ned could figure out like what it's used for and all that kind of stuff. Okay. So then apparently Morgan, when he was still there, he came and went through the side door so he didn't disturb the Cornings Mm -hmm. with his comings and goings and all the stuff that he did. And apparently he didn't have friends at all really the nancy bess and george were went out searching for the place where aunt mary is so as they were driving nancy ended up asking this woman out enough that was watering she was like she didn't know anything but apparently her mom might have thought she knew what nancy was talking about it wasn't the place it was someplace totally different so kind of like um what's his name uh chris in the haunted bridge yeah kind of Oh, my mom knows all about that house. Just kidding. Yeah. Doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. So that's not the place that they were looking for, but Bess ended up buying three hand-painted cups and saucers for one for Bess, her, Nancy, and George, as it's like they're going on a wild goose chase. Or in this case, it's a wild pigeon chase. Yep, pretty much. (laughs) The little pieces of paper that Nancy found were parts of a firework, but it's all kind of like mixed together to make this special flame-like thing. I didn't, I didn't totally understand like how you can make that. Really, <laughs> are you gonna search it up now? I'm just interested. Be- when were fireworks? Oh, I just looked up on the Google. When were fireworks invented? And the Google says, second century BC. Okay. It says, many historians believe that fireworks originally were developed in the second century BC in ancient, ooh, I'm going to butcher this, in ancient Luang, China. It is believed that the first natural firecrackers, in air quotes, were bamboo stalks that when thrown in a fire would explode with a bang because of the overheating of the hollow air pockets in the bamboo. Okay. That's interesting. I had no idea that that was so long ago. 
I found the part where Ned is talking to Nancy about the fireworks stuff. Okay. I'm reading it from the book now. He explained that it was a string coated with a mixture of gunpowder and glue and enclosed in a brown paper tube. Then that's attached to the lances. Paper tubes filled with chemical mixtures will burn different colors. The color you saw is probably a wooden frame with long nails sticking out of it about an inch apart. The lances are forced upright onto the points of the nails. Then the quick match is nailed across the tops of the lances. It's rough to do because the lances are very hard and many times the nail goes into your finger instead. <laughs> I feel like you'd need a tetanus shot if that happened, but okay. <laughs> Especially if the nails are old and rusted. Yeah, exactly. That's oh, weird. No, but I mean, okay, I mean, that makes sense. But I, I feel like that's dangerous. Messing with chemicals. Don't do that, listeners. Unless uh-huh. you're educated and know what you can mix and what you can't mix. But I feel like that's, I mean, no pun intended, playing with fire. But okay. Alrighty then. <laughs> So after a little while, uh, Nancy ended up hearing someone in the utility room at the Cornings, and it was Morgan. Now Morgan's back. Okay. Apparently, Morgan had told him a story about what had happened, but the Cornings don't believe him. Nancy had asked the Cornings to find, like the I guess, like the reference people for Morgan, and because because she wanted to talk to them. But apparently, none of Morgan's references had heard of him. Mm, So he lied. Yeah, which is not a good thing. Morgan ended up getting a package of blue larkspurs, and he seemed scared. Then he slumped down to the floor like like he went unconscious. Oh my gosh. So there's more to the story with Morgan being involved somehow. Yeah. We learned that he ended up suffering from a slight heart attack. And ordered him to keep quiet. (laughs) Um, We learned that while Morgan was working for the Cornings, Thorne was in jail. So no one bothered Morgan. So Morgan seemed like normal, I guess. He was fine. But after Thorne broke out of prison, the friendship card arrived and the blue fire started. So (laughs) that's connected somehow. Uh-huh. So Carson ends up finding out that the Tooker birdhouse that Nancy went to earlier, um, it's deserted when the cops went to go check it out. Later on, Nancy, Bess, and George end up going to this, like, event with Ned, Bert, and Dave. And as the girls were, like, watching the events going on, someone pushed Bess towards the fire. And I'm thinking they probably meant to push Nancy instead. Probably. But luckily, George and Nancy got to Bess in time, so Bess didn't get hurt. But then the three of them decided that they were going to pretend that Nancy was the one that actually got hurt instead of Bess. To make it seem like the bad guys did what they went out to do, to hurt Nancy. Yeah. And then, so they got back home, and the doctor, like the whole group played their part pretending Nancy... It's not doing good. Then we learn that for Mr. Corning gave Mrs. Corning a crystal flower, butterfly, all this fancy stuff with jewels on each of their anniversaries. And they have like this special room for all that stuff. The next day, George ended up doing some of the driving while Nancy was hiding in the backseat to make it seem like, you know, Nancy was staying put at the Cornings, not doing anything. And then eventually Nancy ended up driving. And on their way back, they ended up finding Larkspur Lane. <laughs> yes. Because on the way in the one direction, they didn't see the sign. But on the way back, Nancy did. She's like, okay, like, let's go this way. Yeah. Nancy ended up seeing the plane from earlier. So she's like, okay, this is how they move around up in the sky and stuff. Makes sense. So eventually Nancy meets Mrs. Eldridge, like, as the the friends are, like, walking around the perimeter because, like, there's fencing all around. As Nancy's talking to Mrs. Eldridge, there's Nurse Butterfly. This is Butterfly Lady from earlier that took Nancy's purse. (laughs) I'm calling her Nurse Butterfly from the the rest of this. Love it. She came by just to check on Mrs. Eldridge, seeing how it's going. 
she leaves then a doctor comes by talks to her and apparently mrs eldridge got him mad with like what's going on but mrs eldridge is you know kind of saying all this information out loud for nancy to hear mm-hmm. and so that the police so she, nancy could tell the police eventually i feel like i'm reading too far ahead in the book rather than this part yes i'm two chapters ahead <laughs> sorry guys (laughs) i'm all out of sorts here i'm not used to this (laughs) we're actually back at the cornings and nancy saw morgan steal some of the items from that special jewelry room so there's this big whole elaborate plan it ended up kind of going sideways because then eventually as morgan took off because he was like i don't want to do this i'm gonna go see the bad guys nancy ends up getting grabbed from someone on her way outside chasing morgan and she fell backwards hit her head and blacked out she get medical treatment no of course not and i even wrote it down yet again nancy doesn't get her head checked (laughs) um and then nancy is like she doesn't want to have any mistakes made but i'm like Nancy, nothing, like, I get people want things to be perfect, but it's not always the case. No. Now we're at Larkspur Lane with the whole thing, Nancy meeting Mrs. Eldridge, checking around and stuff. And so Nancy sees the dog who attacked her at the garden show, at the guard shack. The top of the fence is electrified. Bess made George potentially sprain her ankle because Bess got spooked. George is like, okay, Bess and Nancy, you keep going. I'll stay here. Bess and Nancy heard pigeons as they were exploring. And this is where we learn Nurse Butterfly works with Thorne and Tooker. Dr. Bell, doctor being in air quotes, he's not really a doctor. Nancy has to now try to figure out a way to get Mrs. Eldridge out of Larkspur Lane somehow then nancy decides to buy a whole new outfit for like that night and bess and george she says nancy tells them to go get another car two cars to like getaways and stuff nancy gets all dressed up bess takes her and bess says the password to get in is singing horses which is kind of like we were saying earlier with the different parts of the clues yeah and (laughs) so and george ended up staying back a while like back away so she didn't get seen. Nancy told Bess to not go all the way up to the house to stay somewhat hidden so she wouldn't get caught either. So as Nancy's kind of walking in the halls, she's like, oh, this must be the south corridor. I'm like, I have no idea which way is the south, which way is north. Yeah, we've talked about it before. Cardinal directions, no clue. Mm-hmm. Then as Nancy's exploring, she ended up finding Mrs. Eldridge's room and she... <laughs> She ended up hearing Nurse Butterfly come down, but instead of having the door all the way locked or closed, she sticks a piece of like mesh or something in the door so that didn't the door didn't close and latch all the way. So this whole time when Nancy was hiding, she was in a closet and then under the bed in Mrs. Eldridge's room. So she was, no one would see her. Which is like, okay. Alrighty then. Then we learn that the food given to the patients is drugged to keep them drowsy. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, And apparently Mrs. Eldridge was exploring somewhat before they started locking her in her room. So. (laughs) And then eventually Nancy got Mrs. Eldridge out to Bess. They managed to get out. And Nancy stayed behind. Then Nancy ended up going up to the attic of the building. And she found Morgan. Because Morgan was taken away earlier. Oh. Yeah. I forgot to mention that part earlier. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But he's very weak. Because, like, he hasn't really been eating and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then Nancy ends up leaving him for a while. Because she's going to keep exploring. But outside, when... She's looking around. She gets caught. Of course. Of course she does. And so after she was captured, she was taken to the house. We, we learn that Bell isn't a doctor. He's a fake. Jones, the gatekeeper, 
kind of saved Nancy's butt for saying no one came in or out, but we know that Bess and Nancy and Mrs. Eldridge were kind of coming and going. And Nancy noticed Bell's fake phone right away because he threatened to call the cops for Nancy trespassing. Oh my God. But Nancy caught on right away. She's like, that's not a real phone. But she didn't want to like prove all of her like smarty pantsness, I guess, right like to the bad guys. But she was stalling to give Bess, George, and Mrs. Eldridge enough time to get away. And then Nancy gets trapped in the cellar. Nope. Nope. <laughs> gonna be a hard pass for me. Mm-hmm. So then she gets locked in the cellar as Nancy's exploring. She ends up hearing pigeons in the pigeon coop making noise. So she's like, maybe I can dig my way out of here and escape to be with the pigeons for a bit. (laughs) Because Ned is waiting for, like, the signal to call the police. Nancy managed to escape. She went to, like, the garage. She found Morgan. He was gagged in one of the sedans. He said that the other patients in the hospital, the the place, they were going to be placed into the cellar. And these are all older ladies. And these, all these bad guys are, like taking their money and like promising to make them look look younger from what I understood from it so like I feel bad for all these people that's horrible uh-huh so Nancy decided to puncture all the car tires to let the air out so they couldn't get away yeah <laughs> love it and so then Nancy had to figure out how to get the lights on for at the landing field she got she did that then with the planes there's i think there's a couple guess what she does what gets the gas out of the planes apparent somehow she leaks all the fuel out wow <laughs> uh-huh butterfly lady ends up she's like so flustered and jones and the dog went with nurse butterfly to go check something out and nancy was like okay i'm gonna escape now See you later. But they still, the group still ends up seeing her running away. And Nurse Butterfly didn't have enough time to take the women to the cellar. Morgan is still in the car. The whole group is mad that there's no way to get out and escape. So then the cavalry come, state police, cops, Carson, Nancy. Nancy's already there. They all come, get the bad guys. Apparently, this whole plan was Thorne's idea. But Bell's men were doing all the work. Of course. <laughs> the Eldridges are reunited. And we know now for sure John is Mary's nephew. The Cornings will let Morgan come back to work when he's recovered because he's really weak. Mrs. Eldridge is letting Nancy keep her bracelet. Aww. Nancy actually gets to keep something. <laughs> That's nice. It's pretty much it. And... <laughs> I even wrote down, there was a comment made about mysteries being complicated. And I'm like, when are mysteries not complicated in some way? No, yeah, that's true. That's a good point. I do apologize, everyone, for kind of mixing stuff up along the way. I tried. It was just to make sure that everybody was still awake, right? (laughs) If you want to read the book and really know for sure what's going on, go read it. I will say... Uh, what are we talking about next week? We will be talking about the Nancy Drew dossier game. Number one, lights, camera, curses. Mm-hmm. Dramatic. I haven't started it yet. I'm going to start it soon. Completely going in blind. I've never played it before. I know it's different than the other games. But I feel like when you go into something like this and you have no expectations, no idea of what's going to happen, you can't really be disappointed, right? No. I'm excited. We'll get into it. Yes, we will. But in the meantime, you can find us on Instagram at River Heights Buzz. You can email us at riverheightsbuzz at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook in our group and on Twitter at River Heights Buzz with just one Z. We'll see you next time. (laughs) Bye, guys.